Hello and welcome to the Freedom Caucus podcast. I'm your host, Congressman Jody Heiss from Georgia. Welcome on board. It is an honor to have you. Let's go ahead and jump on this. We've got a lot of things to cover. Uh, but first of all, before we get to our main topic of the day, I do want to bring out the obvious. As we all know, the Mueller report has finally been released. And as we all suspected, there is officially now zero evidence of any collusion between President Trump and Russia. Uh, we all saw this coming, but it is official now. And as you can imagine, the Democrats up here, uh, their heads are absolutely spinning uh, in frustration. They are already trying to undermine the conclusions of the report. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. There is no there there. And again, I don't think this came as any real news to, to most of us who have been following this and being, who have been involved in the investigation for a long time. Uh, but it is what it is. And, you know, at this point, it's time for our nation to come together. It's time for us to focus on pressing issues that are at hand. And with that, I want to transition into the main topic that we're going to be uh, dealing with today. And just because the border crisis has not been front and center lately does not mean at all that the crisis no longer exists. In fact, the reality is that this thing is getting worse day by day, week by week. In fact, I hope you saw it, but maybe not. Last week, Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen gave a State of Homeland Security speech at George Washington University here in Washington, D.C., she had some sobering things to say, and let's, let's pull up a clip here. I want you to hear from her own words. Late last year, we were apprehending 50,000 to 60,000 migrants a month. Last month, we apprehended more than 75,000, the highest in over a decade. And today, I can tell you that we are on track to interdict nearly 100,000 migrants this month alone. All right, now, I'm sure that you have heard many Democrats, I, no question, you've heard a number of different people in the press who have been claiming that there is no border crisis at all. In fact, the, we've heard it over and over, that they say the numbers are going down, uh, fewer today are crossing the border than they have in the past. It's just simply not the case, folks. That's not the full story. In fact, again, let's go back to Secretary Nielsen. Listen to what she says on that particular issue. Historically, illegal aliens crossing into the United States were predominantly single adult men from Mexico with no legal right to stay. We could detain and remove them within 48 hours. But in recent years, we have seen the volume of vulnerable populations, children's, children and families, skyrocket. Over 60% of the current flow is now families and unaccompanied children, and 60% is non-Mexican. Our system was simply not built to handle this type of flow. So we do have a crisis. To not recognize that is to have your head in the sand. The problem, look, it comes down to the problem, we've got some very serious loopholes uh, in our system here and some loopholes that in particular encourage children and families to make the long dangerous trip to our southern border and then once they get here they claim asylum because they know that once they get here they'll be allowed to just simply come into the United States and wait here until their asylum case is heard. 
And this happens because what's known as the Flores Settlement, you probably have heard about that, uh, and that basically says that children cannot be held in custody for long periods of time. Uh, the intent of the Flores was good and fine. No one wants to hurt children. But the reality is that that now has been abused to the extent that what you've heard of with catch and release is really an overflow of the Flores settlement. And here's what, here's what happens. People come illegally to the country. They're caught. Then they are released into the U.S. while they wait for their asylum hearing. But instead of showing up for those hearings, many of these individuals simply vanish. They vanish somewhere in the United States, not to be heard of again. This is clearly a flawed system. It is a flawed program. This is effectively allowing them to stay right here in the United States, and for this reason, and for the loophole here that utilizes children, for that reason, we're seeing a spike in the number of children and families who are crossing our border right now. And unfortunately, the Democrats refuse to address the loophole. As a result, our country suffers, as do those who are actually coming illegally across the border. Again, listen to this one more clip from Secretary Nielsen. More than 30% of women reported being sexually assaulted along the dangerous journey, and 70% of all migrants reported experiencing violence. We give pregnancy tests to girls as young as 10 to ensure we can offer appropriate medical support. So solving the problem of illegal immigration, look, we all know it's a big problem. It's not going to have an easy solution. But what I do know is that the first step is simple. The first step that must be taken is straightforward. It is abundantly clear, and that is to secure the southern border. Time and again, unfortunately, we have failed to, to do so on the congressional level. And as you can tell from Secretary Nielsen's quotes, our failure in Congress to act is literally fueling this whole crisis. So all of this brings us to uh, the opportunity now, I'm so grateful to be able to introduce the guest who I have with us uh, today. He's a new member of the House Freedom Caucus, a new member of the House of Representatives, Chip Roy from Texas, from the 21st District in Texas. Uh, it's an honor to have him with us. Let me just tell you, uh, before being elected to Congress last November, Chip was the Chief of Staff to Senator Ted Cruz, and he was also a staff director to Senator John Cornyn. He also served as the senior advisor to then Governor Rick Perry. Uh, Chip graduated, earned his law degree from the University of Texas, and I can just tell you straight up, he is an incredible constitutional conservative. He has a massive understanding on a host of issues, but the whole issue of the border crisis uh, I don't think anyone knows better than he does. Chip, thanks so much for joining us. It's an honor to have you here. Well, Jody, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you doing this. And I think after that, I'm going to have to uh, claim an in-kind contribution to my, uh, my <laughs> hey, uh, political listen, campaign. Hey, hey, that's an open offer. We'll talk about well, that later. Well, right? I appreciate it. But uh, your, your constituents are blessed to have you representing them and that you've been a, a warrior up here that I've uh, come to respect immensely uh, after joining you up here. So I appreciate well, it. that goes for everyone in the Freedom Caucus. But listen, when it comes to the border, Chip, I, you... 
I don't know that anybody understands this more than you. You've been to the border multiple times. Tell our listeners a little bit of what's actually taking place down there. Well, I appreciate that question, and I, and I believe you've, you've been addressing some of these issues about what's happening r- right now as we speak, right, with uh, Border Patrol, who I've gotten to know very well over the years. In my previous job as for Senator Cornyn, that was, uh, my first official trip to the border was over a decade ago, I think 13 years ago, uh, going down and seeing what was going on. And I've been back multiple times, whether I was working for Governor Perry, I was the first assistant attorney general, federal prosecutor, so I've been dealing with this for a long time. And what I tell you right now, we've got a unique situation that is very different than the past. And, and this is what's so important for people to understand. This is not the same problem we had a decade ago or 20 or 30 years ago. We have a sophisticated enterprise where cartels are profiting by moving people across the border. They are replacing moving essentially pot, marijuana, and replacing that with, they're still moving that, but they're moving towards human trafficking for profit. We know, talking to Border Patrol, that in the area in and around the Rio Grande Valley sector, uh, the Gulf Cartel, particularly the Reynosa faction of the Gulf Cartel, will make upwards of $130 million, probably more now, uh, this year alone, moving upwards of 400,000 people through that part of the border. Now, that data was late January. I think we need to get an updated date on that because what you've seen and, and what, what your listeners have no doubt already heard, CBP is, is predicting 100,000 people in March alone coming across uh, illegally. And that's an astounding number. 3,700 yesterday alone. Uh, this is happening because we've got a broken system that the cartels are profiting on because they recognize that our asylum laws are broken and they're abusing those asylum laws and that judges have now created essentially a uh, de facto catch and release uh, environment. And uh, we're not doing anything to stop it currently. Well, I think you bring up an, an incredibly important point here <clears throat> that what we have is I mean, on the one hand, we ha- we are being told that these are just a bunch of people coming to the United States who are aspiring to be Americans, uh, and we just don't want anybody. We hate everybody who's not already here. But you bring up an outstanding point, Chip, by identifying the real issue. We have a broken system here uh, with the asylum laws and all that goes along with that. And at the same time, we have amoral, immoral cartels that are taking advantage both of our broken system and our open borders. Uh, let's dive, if we can, a little bit further into these cartels. How much control do they have of our borders? How much uh, are they behind this whole thing of our porous borders? Well, sure. And let, let me address the point you made, which is very important, that so many people try to make this as being anti Hispanic or anti any particular individuals coming across our border. Nothing could be further from the truth. The fact is we have a terribly broken immigration system. And now by allowing it to break down further with no border security, we're endangering the migrants in question. When I was down at the border a month and a half ago, I was sitting there talking to a 10-year-old and 11-year-old little girls. And they were there without their parents. We know that Amnesty International has said that upwards of a third or more of these little girls and women are abused on the journey. Uh, it's a dangerous situation. I talked to two 16-year-old boys who had slept the night in a park and ran, in, uh, ran, uh, uh, right across the border from, from the, from the uh, uh, McAllen in the Rio Grande Valley sector. They spent two nights in the park and uh, then had to be paid in the cartel, pay, pay the cartels to come across the river. Then when they get across, there are stash houses where the cartels are holding them hostage in order to make them pay more money for their journey. Then they hold families hostage. It's a business. The cartels will actually take a camera and record the journey across the river, send it back to families in Honduras or Guatemala or El Salvador, or forward it to the families in America paying for the journey. 
and then they'll make them pay more and more and more. But they've got a they've got a model where they get paid a certain amount of per, a person, and it's a business. Wow! And we're allowing them to profit. What that cost is? I mean, what are we talking about? What, what Border Patrol told us was I think somewhere upwards of seven thousand dollars, and then the the uh, the cartels get their cut, and it varies depending on the nature of the of the migrant in question. If it's a special migrant, a migrant from say China or somewhere else, it's more expensive. If it's somebody else, then it's less. There's a full market for it. Wow! And they get paid five hundred thousand bucks but then they pay out of that seven thousand dollars couriers that'll move them up from honduras to point a then they move them from point a to point b and then they get them across the river and then once they're in america connect them to the families and, and along the journey then a lot of people are abused held in stash houses this is the united states of america's wow. border cartels own it they operate it yeah this is the type of thing that the american people just simply are not aware of what all's going on now you, you have brought forth something. You want to do something about securing the borders, specifically by targeting the cartels. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. What have you got on the table? Well, our colleague, uh, Mark Green from Tennessee, another uh, great member of the Freedom Caucus and a freshman colleague of mine, he and I got together and introduced legislation on the heels of having sent a letter to Secretary Pompeo requesting that the Secretary of State designate very specific cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. Uh, specifically, for example, as I mentioned, the Reynosa faction of the Gulf Cartel, the uh, Cartel del Noreste of Los Zetas. Uh, these are two very dangerous cartels, and the factions within them are particularly involved with the egregious activities on our border. Every day you read news accounts, I mean literally every single day, where someone is getting murdered, right at our border, where shots are being fired right at our border, where sometimes shots are fired at some of our agents, where we've got uh, you know mass graves that are dug up. We know that upwards of 32,000 Mexicans were killed last year. Uh, it's dangerous. Tamaulipas, uh, the state right across from uh, McAllen and Brownsville, is a level four state under the, secretary, uh, under the uh, secretary's designation. I'm talking more and dangerous than that means. Well, that's how the uh, Secretary of State designates the level for travel. So, uh, for example, Syria would be a level four state. Uh, Honduras is a level three state. So the people leaving Honduras are coming through Tamaulipas, which has been designated by Secretary of State as being more dangerous than Honduras. That's what we have right across our border. If you talk to people down in our southern Texas border towns, they hear gunfire. There'll be a gunfire exchange across the border in Reynosa or some part of Mexico and Tamaulipas. This is what we're dealing with on a daily basis. And so that's why we want to introduce a bill that would increase the tools available to our law enforcement personnel and our secretary of state would uh, be the one to designate that. That is uh, incredible. Let me ask you this it, regarding uh, relating to the cartels themselves. Are they in turf wars uh, among themselves to control different parts of our border? Somewhat. Uh, and I think that's and it's one of the things I'm trying to investigate a little further. And there's folks that I uh, have been talking to, some DPS agents in Texas who uh, have been heavily involved with this, frankly, more so than they should have been. Did you know that the state of Texas uh, has had to spend $800 million per biennium, so 400, we, we budget biennially, uh, $400 million per year to fund assets that Border Patrol uses and to fund DPS agents to be down at the border? We're using DPS, helicopters, and aerial assets for Border Patrol to be able to patrol a lot of the areas on the border. Cameras that are being used on the border are heavily funded by DPS in Texas, DPS being our Department of Public Safety in Texas, our Texas DPS guys. 
So they're the ones I go to often to figure out what's going on in support of Border Patrol because the federal government is failing to do its job. But there are engagements uh, between the cartels and they do have some turf wars. Largely, they carve up their spaces and then they just really try to profit in the areas where they have control. But it changes all the time. Wow. All right. Now, I think probably most everything you've shared is new information to those who are listening right now. Frankly, I think a lot of this would be new information for most of the members of Congress. But in light of that, is there is there any any one thing that you want to communicate to the American people about what's happening on our borders and the border crisis that you think they may not know? Well, I think it's what we alluded to before, is that what's happening now is that the cartels are exploiting our, our legal system that we've allowed judges to create and, and, and make uh, such that it can be exploited. So what I mean by that is you have judges that have created an environment of a catch and release policy because they've determined uh, without a significant basis that we must release children after 20 days when, when, when we have a child in custody. Now, I believe, and I know you believe, and I'm sure your listeners believe, that if a family that's actually a family comes across our border and we're detaining them to determine an asylum question or what their status is, they should be held together. They're a family. We believe that. But it's not always easy. we got to figure out, is that guy claiming to be the father of this child actually the father? When I was down at the border, 16 of those guys that we were when we were there weren't the father. Right? We went through and we figured it out through DNA testing. And we have whatever. no way of checking. Well, you, you can do DNA swabs, but only children of certain ages, because then we have restrictions. If they're too young, we don't DNA swab. So we've got to find ways to improve that so they, they're not abused. And then by doing that, when we found those 16, that's when we found the stash house with 54 people in it in Houston being held ransom by the cartels to pay back. So my point of all that is all of this exists because our asylum laws, which are in place to try to help people from countries who are being persecuted, are being abused by people just using the magic words when they come across the border and then judges saying, sorry, you got to release them. So you've got the situation where I just described 400,000 people in the Rio Grande Valley sector, 200,000 won't even be apprehended because we're outgunned and outmanned. 200,000 will be apprehended and 90% of them will be caught and released. That's the nature of what's happening on our border today, right now. All right, so that happens with the children and their parents. What about these unaccompanied children who have no adult with them? Well, and that yeah, and that's a really good question because we've got increasing and continued numbers of those. I believe if I looked at the stats yesterday, the 2018 fiscal year numbers were about 25,000 unaccompanied alien minor children, 26,000, I think. That number is already higher. I think we've already hit that number, and we're only five months into the clip. So we've got a real crisis where children are being used, and they're being used by the cartels. And unfortunately, single guys who are more likely to be the ones associated with gangs, associated with cartels, uh, and more dangerous, are using the children as shields to be able to come in as the quote-unquote father, even though they're not. Historically, you never had children coming without the mama. Right. You just really didn't. So when you start seeing, wait, you've got a guy, a dad, quote unquote, with a child, that red flag should go up. And as a former federal prosecutor and talking to Border Patrol, that's a real problem. So they start looking into it. And often, of course, it's not actually a dad. So this is a problem. And we've got to continue to try to manage it and do the best we can. These are children. And we need to figure out how to take care of them. Well, Chip, again, I, I don't know of anyone in Congress who has a better grasp of what's happening on the border than you do. You have brought an enormous amount of information to the Freedom Caucus and to our conference as a whole. 
and it's an honor to be able to have you here to bring this type of information and knowledge to the American people. This is information that needs to get out. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for hosting us and thanks for leading and thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak about it. And uh, like I said, your constituents are blessed to have you. Thank you. And thanks to each of you for listening today. Really, all of this is about you. Our mission is to try to keep you informed as to what's happening in America and bring you the top movers and shakers that are involved in the process. If you do have a moment, we'd ask you to consider reviewing this podcast on iTunes and please join us next week. We'll be talking with another great patriot, Senator Mike Lee from Utah. You don't want to miss out on that. Please remember us to follow us on facebook.com slash Freedom Caucus, also through our Twitter handle at Freedom Caucus. Until next time, this is your host, Jody Heiss. This is a Freedom Caucus podcast. Have a great day.